Hello and welcome to the Tao De Jing Podcast with Shu Li. It's been a long time since my last podcast, since the last episode. But uh, I think I'm ready to get back into the next chapter. I invite you to come with me on this adventure as we leap into and explore chapter 7 of the Tao Te Ching. If you got the Tao Te Ching with you, I invite you to open it up with me or I'm just going to read it and you can listen. In English, chapter 7 starts off with this Heaven and earth exists forever. This eternal existence is justified by the fact. By the fact that they exist forever. That they do not exist for themselves. Thus they enjoy an eternal life. The sage similarly puts himself behind others, yet it turns out that he comes before others. He disregards his own existence, and yet it turns out that his existence is preserved. Now let's go to the the Chinese text here. In the original, Di Qi Zhang, which is chapter 7, first line, Tian Chang Di Jiu. Tian means heaven. Tian Chang is heaven is long, literally. And Di is earth or land. Dijiu means the earth is old or has been around for a long time. So heaven is long, the earth is old, literally. Tian di su yi neng chang qie jiu zhe. This means the heaven and earth is able to is able to be eternal. This is because Yi Chi because they do not put themselves first. They do not exist for themselves. As in the English translation says, heaven and earth do not exist for themselves. Zi is self, and sheng is to live. So they do not live for themselves. And this reminds me of being a parent. Or of parents in general, of children, that parents 
often have the motto and the mission of mission statement of living as if it were for their children. And if you're a parent, I'm sure you can share this kind of sentiment that you live for your children. Of course, you live for yourself. You've got to look after yourself first, and then you're able to look after your children. But the motto is, the thought is that you live for your children instead of just living for yourself. Parents do not usually come out and say, oh, we are living for ourselves. We don't live for our children. It's the cliche that parents live for their children. And this is a matter of speaking. It's true, in a sense, but on the other hand, we also live for ourselves. So there is a a double action here. There is a living for self and there is a living for others. It says that heaven and earth exist forever and they are able to be eternal because they do not exist for themselves. That is spectacularly true of what we see every day with our own eyes. Heaven and earth exist here as if it exists for human beings, for animals to inhabit. It is as if to say that if human beings or animals did not exist, then heaven and earth existence seems kind of futile. It seems kind of empty. So in order for heaven and earth to have some kind of meaning, it has to have within it another life form or forms, i.e. humans and animals. And even all the vegetation, etc. So, heaven and earth bears within it the responsibility to live for or coexist with other life forms. And that's what gives it its significance. That's what gives it. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth, the eternal existence of heaven and earth, its justification. And that in itself goes to prove to the world and to the universe that that's why heaven and earth continue in perpetuity. Because they provide the basis for life in this universe. A life that we acknowledge 
that we revere as beautiful, as worth knowing, as worth seeing, as worth experiencing. And then it says in the next line, So that's why it can enjoy eternal life. The eternal life that Dao De Jing talks about here is life as we know it. The, the perpetuity of life from ancient times from as far back as we can remember. Of course, we're never going to know how far we go back in time. There's no proof or evidence, and there's no way that we can prove that. So, as far back as we can remember, that's why we enjoy that's why they enjoy eternal life. Life as we know it. Not a life that we don't know. Right? Not a life where some preachers or some people have promised us of a life hereafter. This is not talking about that. And this is not disputing whether or not it exists, the eternal life or an afterlife exists. This is not touching on that. This is just saying heaven and earth and everything within heaven and earth is able to enjoy the life that we have now because of each other. We exist for each other. And if you took it from the human point of view. If we didn't have heaven and earth, what would we be standing on? <laughs> would we be floating in space? So that is our dependency on heaven and earth. That is what gives us a basis to live on. If we didn't have oxygen, if we didn't have gravity, if we didn't have earth or land to walk on, what would our civilizations be? Would there even be civilization? So we needed the geography. We needed a piece of land. Not just water. Water sustains life. But as you know, we humans cannot live on the water. We're constantly looking for land. We can only enjoy our lives on land. In the long term, that is. Of course, in the short term, we can always enjoy a dip in the water, a swim, a trip out to out and into the ocean, uh, into the vast expanse of the sea. That's a most enjoyable moment 
to have, to behold, a sight to see, the sea, to feel the swaying of the water, so on and so forth. But in the long run, we would not have been able to build a civilization on water. Now, that is why we needed the land. We need land and water. We need heaven and earth. We can't just have earth alone. We can't just have heaven alone. We need both. We can't just have water alone. We can't just have land alone. We needed both. So, what the Tao Te Ching is trying to relay to us is that existence is for the other. We live because of the other, and we live for the other. And from the other person's perspective, they, that person, he or she, lives for himself or herself or itself and also lives for our sake. Pardon that. <clears throat> Let's get back to chapter 7. Thus they enjoy an eternal life. Why do they enjoy an eternal life? Without even having had died yet. We're not talking about death. We're not talking about life after, after death. We're not talking about an afterlife. We're talking about, as I said before, the life right here. The life that we can experience the life that we can breathe in, the life that we can see right now. That's what this philosophy is about. It's not about some philosophy of life after death, something we cannot grasp. This is something that we can grasp. In fact, something we already have. It's just a question of are we mentally, spiritually, Psychologically, are we ready? Are we going to take on this, this eternal life? This life right here, right now. Are we going to live for the other? Are we going to live for ourselves equally? Are we going to accept another person's existence perhaps love perhaps offer offer of peace offer of friendship whatever it is goodwill that they're willing to give us are we going to enjoy do we exist just for ourselves or do we exist also for the enjoyment of someone else? Are we going to look at heaven and earth as 
as our example of how to live? Or are we going to look at the things that we've made, the work of our hands? Are we going to look at them? Right? There's a, does a human look to an android? Does a human look to a robot on how to live, to find out how to live, to ascertain the wisdom of the ancients? No. You know, if AI, artificial intelligence, ever gets a stage where it's intelligent enough to think that they can replace us humans, then they would look back to humans as to how they would do that. Right? So we also, we need to look back at it some of this ancient wisdom we don't look at our AIs for wisdom we look back into ancient wisdom as to how we are going to enjoy this eternal life that we already have for if you're listening to this do you not exist right now Right now, in this moment, this moment itself can be said to be eternal because it's happening right now. And right now is what matters. Right now is what matters. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow does not exist. Right? So right now is what matters. And right now can be called life. Right now you are existing in the eternal. Do we want to live in that? Do we want to continue to live in that? The sage, the wise person, is the sage. It could be translated as a holy person, right? And there is no emphasis of any gender in this. It's just sheng ren. Ren just means human. It's not a male. It's not a female. It's not, it's not any particular attribute. It's just human. The sage, the wise person, similarly puts himself behind others. Let's read the uh, original text here. In the Hanzi, right? Ho qi shen er shen xian. Ho means after. Qi shen means his body. Shen is body. Ho qi shen means he puts his body afterwards. He puts himself in a position, or she, or it, puts the person or the self or the body in a position that is after, right? That is after the other. In other words, he puts the other first or before him. Right? 
puts the wise person puts himself behind others as it is rendered in the English translation the wise person the sage the wise person or whatever name you want to name this person he's wise he puts himself or she puts herself or it puts itself behind others behind the other person and then and yet it turns out that this person comes before others this seems contradictory as many things seem contradictory and are on purpose stated as contradictions in the Tao Te Ching, but in the Tao Te Ching, in this philosophy, in this school of thought, contradictions are not a problem. You see, you may see conflict or contradictions as a problem in your everyday life, right? Black can't be white. White can't be black. One plus one is two. It can't equal three. So on and so forth. Uh, if one plus one equal three, we'd have a problem. Right? If black blended with white, we'd have a problem. We'd get gray. Gray is hard to deal with. Issues like this. Right? Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Right cannot be wrong. Wrong cannot be right. Right? In uh, issues of identity, for example, let's say, for example, if you are Chinese, for example, you cannot be American or citizen of the United States. And if you're an American, you cannot be Chinese. These are the kind of complications and contradictions we may have in our minds, in our identity. But that's only if we let it consume us. If we are so regimented in thinking that way, then perhaps for you, but some people can exist with dual identities. They can exist as a Chinese, for example, as an American as well. They can be Buddhist and perhaps Christian as well. Now, a lot of Orthodox people might think that is Traditionally, that is not allowed. But for that individual, it may be completely fine. Right? It's almost like saying he's a, he's a socialist and he's a capitalist. He's a communist and he's a capitalist. It's a bit hard to understand. But if you look at the world, 
Many things have a dual nature. Many, many natural phenomena have perhaps more than one identity at the same time. All right? It's like water. Water, it can be hot. It can be cold. There's no law to say water should be hot, water should be cold. Or water cannot be lukewarm. Or water cannot turn into ice. Or water cannot turn into gas. We all know that water can exist in all of these forms. And water does not have a problem with being molded into any shape. And yet, water is so powerful, it could wipe out your whole city, an entire civilization, if it wanted to. But of course, water doesn't have its own mind. It doesn't do that type of thing. It's just a matter of maybe coincidental action when combined with earthquakes to create tsunamis. Well, it's not intentional. But my point is here that we can, we can live with dual identities. We can be more than one thing at a time. For example, my mother, a woman, she can be a mother. She can also be a manager of a company, right? She could also be a grandmother at the same time. There's nothing stopping her from doing that. She can also be a teacher at the same time. She could also be... Uh, a musician at the same time. All right, so there's nothing stopping her from being all those roles that she can be. Now, this is exactly what this is saying. The sage similarly puts himself behind others, yet it turns out that he comes before others. What's this trying to say? What what's this trying to say to you and you and me? Is it a matter of physical positioning? Like put yourself behind others in a in a queue, in a line when you're lining up to to order food? Is that what it means? So if you put yourself behind others, so if you give your your position to others and you keep on letting them go in front of you in a in a queue does that mean that you're gonna eventually end up before them is that what it means like a, in a literal formation it may it may or may not but 
it makes more sense to understand this spiritually. And also in terms of your mental attitude. Our mental attitude, not necessarily in a literal way, like in lining up, but more in a metaphysical way. Metaphysical or spiritual or just in your mindset or in your heart. If you put yourself behind others, you are setting up yourself to support them. You are supporting them. And once you support them, and once you succeed in supporting others, you will then be given some credit, some credit, right, for doing that. So you don't lose. Right? There's no losing out here. Just because you put yourself behind others doesn't mean you are going to lose out. doesn't mean that your self is going to lose out. So I'm sure that many people who help other people end up being helped themselves. And sometimes even if they don't get anything in return, they don't get any materialistic rewards in return for their help, they get the satisfaction, the happiness of being able to help others. That in itself is its own reward. That itself can make you feel good, can change your day, can make your day, can build up your confidence in yourself and also your love for humanity and the universe as well. So just because you put yourself behind others sometimes does not mean you're going to lose. In fact, it is good to put yourself behind others sometimes. Because you can help them. And at the same time, you can get help or get rewarded, or you can help yourself. And that is completely natural to do that. But it is not natural to be always putting yourself first. That is unnatural and not according to the balance of nature. I'm sure you can live like that. If you chose to do that, no one's going to stop you. But according to how nature runs itself and how we observe nature through the Tao Te Ching, there is an imbalance there. 
And Tao Te Ching is is about balance. It's about seeking balance. It's about recognizing balance in the universe, in the world as we see it, and appreciating that balance. Perhaps even imitating that balance to a certain extent. Or experiencing that balance in your own life. It's one of the best things. Perhaps the greatest feeling that you and I can have is balance. Balance in your family. Balance at work. Balance in your relationships with your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, whoever it is that you're acquainted with, that you meet up with, balance. The giving and the taking always needs to balance each other out. If there's given, there must be a taking. Because when you give, someone must take. (laughs) If you give and no one takes, what's the point of giving? If you take, but no one's given, that's stealing. So, if there's given, there must be taken. If there's taken, there must be given. You give and you take, and that causes the balance to maintain itself in the universe. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing for you and me and everyone and everything and every living being in this universe. Because that is a replica, that is a symbol of how the universe functions, of how heaven and earth work, of how heaven and earth exist in a really in a relationship together. And the la- the last part here, I'm gonna read it in the English. It says he completely or he disregards his own existence, and yet it turns out that his existence is preserved. In the original text here, it says, Fei yi qi wu si ye gu neng cheng qi si Ah, this word si means self. It means privacy. It means your private self. So it says, Wu si means not to have self. So in the first line of this last part of chapter 7, it talks about having a no self. Wu si means having a no self. Wu meaning not to have. Si meaning self, right? 
So you have to have a no self. And once you get this no self, 故能成其事 then you are able to 成其事成 which means complete. You're able to complete yourself. 成其事 In the translation, it says. And yet, it turns out that his existence, or her existence, or its existence, is preserved. The original word "cheng" is, I think, even more powerful. It says "cheng," meaning you're able to complete. Right, it's not just preserve. You're able to make it complete. You got to get to this state, or have a state, or experience this state where you are. You do not have a self. Then, you will be able to complete. Or make yourself complete. That definitely sounds strange. It sounds like something that could never happen. We walk around every day with ourselves. How are we gonna get rid of this self? Just Tao Te Ching is not telling us to get rid of yourself. The self is there; it exists. You cannot get rid of it. It's part of nature. It is an integral part of nature. It needs to exist. If it exists, it needs to exist. If your life exists, it needs to exist, right? But at times. We can disregard this self, which sometimes can go wild, can go astray, can go off the path, can go in places where. It's dangerous. Where we don't want it to go, can get lost. So, or we could sometimes we get obsessed. We get obsessed with self. We start worshiping the self because we think that's the only thing we have. Sometimes we have to let go. Letting go of self, this wusu, letting go of it. We have to let go of the self in order to gain the self. You have to lose. This is saying we have to lose in order to gain. That's the beauty here. This is the secret of this chapter right here. We have to lose the self, or、we'll、learn to lose self, 
in order to complete self or to know or to experience what self really is. This, my friends, is the crux of chapter 7 of the Tao Te Ching. How, how do we disregard this existence and yet allow it to turn into the pers- perseverance of this existence? How we do that? Well, that's the six million dollar question, isn't it? I think everybody's going to do that in their own different ways. But I beg you to meditate on that. To meditate on this non-self. In order to achieve self, real self, or complete the self. I think this is a continual progress it's something in in the works it's something that you work on every day it's something that we work on I don't think this is something that we can complete by the time we leave this earth I don't think that's how it works it's not like you do an exam in one hour and two hours it's completed you're done you can celebrate no I don't think it works like that. This thing is is a is a lifelong process. This perseverance is a lifelong existence. It exists when you have life. When you have life, that's when it exists. When you have life and you use it. For others, that's when it, that's where it exists, where you regard other people first before yourself, before your own needs. That's where it exists. Then you will get to know yourself better, and it's always knowing more about yourself, learning more about yourself but you do it other people help you to do that you don't just do it by yourself it's not done by yourself right we don't human race human race the human race humanity did not build a civilization or civilizations by themselves no king or no single king or emperor Never built anything by himself. I bet didn't even clean his own toilet by himself. Right? So, we all need partnerships. We need relationships. We need networks. We need the other or the others before ourselves some of our own needs before 
those needs. We need the others to come first. We need to, to support the others first. Right? All at the same time, supporting ourselves, of course, building ourselves up, building others up. And then we can live in this continual enjoyment of life, enjoyment of the balance in life. And when you hit this sweet spot, this balance, this is where life comes to life. Life comes to life. And that is what life's about. Life's about life. It comes to life. Many of us are searching, running around, searching, searching for something in their lives. What we need to realize is that life is staring at us, staring at us, And we need to look back. Just open your eyes and look back. Life wants to have a relationship with you. Just open your eyes and look back at life. And say, I want life. That's all, folks, for Chapter 7 of the Tao Te Ching. This is Shu Li. I'm signing off right now. But uh, you're always free to share your thoughts with me. If you want to email me, uh, you can do that at S-H-U-I-M-A-G-E at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, want to leave a a comment or a rating be my guest I made a doubt be with you thank you for coming with me on this journey and we may see you next time in the next episode when we do chapter 8 I don't know when that will be I can't make any more promises because the last time I made a promise, it didn't happen that way. It didn't turn out that way. (laughs) So, we shall see you when we see you. But remember, have a good day. And don't let anything stop you from experiencing the Tao.